As we mature and travel through life, it becomes increasingly more important that we know not only how to check in on ourselves, but how to regulate as well. On this week's episode of the Infusion Breakdown Show, the breakdown could set in among ourselves to discuss what gets our spirits up when we're feeling down. Let's see what we come up with. So the question we have for today, what lifts your spirits when you're down? Comment below, let us know your opinion. We also have timestamps in the description below. As always, be sure to check them out. So some background context to this question. I was browsing through the, the topics draft sheet that we have to pick what we talk about each week. And I found that this topic was particularly relevant just because everyone who I checked in with the past week or so, it seems like nobody is doing really well. Every time you ask somebody how they're doing or how are things going with them, it seems to be a very middling answer or a, a sense of hesitancy to it. So, I mean, including myself, I feel that. And I was thinking about what really lifts my spirits because I felt like I was in need of that. And what I came up with was just number one is family and loved ones. And that's been increasingly more important the older that I've gotten and even being an introvert. So I think I have a different situation than the two of you guys, because like I live by myself. I have infinite solitude. I could be by myself as long as I want to. So once I do spend time with my loved ones, it actually is refreshing because I haven't been exhausted. And so that's that's kind of the dilemma. And it's, and it's like, I can spend six days just after work. I just go to the gym, come back home or something like that. And then maybe one day out the week, spend some time with somebody or, or make sure that I have that time to, like, even though I haven't been able to go home as frequently as I like to, do a video call with my sister or somebody like that. Stuff like that really boosts my mood. It gets me through the day. And I look forward to that kind of stuff. So it's not like people have this misconception about introverts that we're just, there's like hermits who don't need any kind of social interaction, human or social creatures by nature. It's just varying degrees that we get energy from it. So it could exhaust you or it could actually drive energy if, it, if you happen to be an extrovert, but it's just like, we, st we still need it to some capacity. And then we may all be more selective about who we choose to spend our time with, but if it's somebody who I really value and appreciate and we have that kind of relationship then it's beneficial to me. So I would say that's that's the biggest thing that gets my spirits up. And then I was thinking also about activities. And I was actually in the gym one day with Dondre and he had asked me, what do I do to relax? Cause I wasn't feeling too sharp. And I had told him, oh yeah, I, I, would, I work out, I go to the gym. He was, he told me that that's not relaxing. The gym, although you're, you're doing something but that's not actually relaxing, you're, you're being active still. And that's true because I find myself even at the gym when I'm doing reps and stuff like that, I can still ruminate, I can still think in between the sets. And that's something that I don't like necessarily. It's something that I try to break myself out but it's still something that occurs. And so when I was thinking about things that actually do force me to be present and in the moment and that I can find true joy out of, I thought of a few different things. Number one is cooking. Well, these aren't in any particular like priority order, but the first thing that came to mind was cooking just because good food always makes me happy. And I enjoy putting together new recipes or trying things out and you kind of have to pay attention. Otherwise you, you burn the dish. You leave something in too long or, or you don't add it soon enough or like time is of the essence. So you really have to pay attention to how you're preparing the dish. And then also in conjunction with the family and loved ones, like I love to enjoy a dish with them. So cooking for people who I love and care about, that's cool. And then also I thought about nature. So being able to connect with something bigger than me. And I feel like that's always 
something that keeps me grounded, there's always beauty to be found. And in the book that I was speaking about before we got on, 12 More Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson, he has, he has a, a segment in rule eight. So it's called try to make one broom in your home as beautiful as possible. And so the concept that he's talking about there is that as we grow older, we tend to lose our fascination with the abundance of beauty in the world, like children do, they, like they have natively. So he talks about in that particular segment where he was walking with his children when they were younger, when they were two and three years old, and how they would be so fascinated by like ladybugs and earthworms and stuff on the ground. It's like as an adult, you're focused on the goal in front of you. You focus on getting to the store and you start to lose appreciation for those things. And there's no shortage of it. Just look out the window now that like you might just see a tree, but if you actually pay attention, there's nuance to it. There's beauty to it. There's things that differentiate it from any other tree. And I think taking time out of my life to do things like that, sometimes maybe I just grab the camera and go on a walk. I feel like that, that really helps me a lot. And oddly enough, I actually say Netflix. So I'm someone who doesn't really, or didn't really watch a lot of TV. Like once I got into college, I stopped. I really stopped watching stuff. But after when Dondra was telling me about that and I started to think about it, Netflix and watching series, like shout out to Desmond for Blacklist too. So <laughs> Raymond Redding to he be on his stuff. So Netflix is actually, and by extension, TBC or, or I guess series on any kind of streaming platform that really helps me decompress because it forces me to focus on the narrative. So that's, that's one of the few times where I'm actually not lost in thought. It's because I'm trying to pay attention to what's going on and I actually get caught up in the fantasy realm. So I really find that as a, a really useful way to decompress. And that's probably the last thing that I do before I go to bed most nights, unless I'm just too darn tired. So like I said, I'm gonna secondhand endorse Blacklist. If you haven't watched it before, you definitely should. <laughs> It's good stuff. Uh, don't you do yoga? I do. I haven't really. So I've slacked off the past month, maybe a little bit more. And that's not great. So thank you for holding me accountable to that. Or I guess at least making me feel guilty about it. So I can roll at the mat tomorrow morning. Okay. I'm about to say, don't, <laughs> can't you use that as a, a means to calm yourself or relax in a way? Yeah, I could. It's just having to wake up at the right time. And I mean, I haven't been doing that. I haven't been waking up at a regularly regimented time. It's like- Oh, really been getting lazy? To a degree, yeah. I, I would say I've been dealing with, uh, I guess, stressors at all angles. And so my sleep schedule has been compromised. So even if I do get up really, man, I feel like getting up right away or my sleep would just vary. So I'm trying to get more control of that. But to your point, Josh, you are correct. Yoga can help. It has helped me before. I should be doing it. Okay. And how long, when you said you like uh, being with your loved ones, like how long you go with your loved ones, can you be with them without being, without your actual <laughs> introversions taking place and be like, oh, you know what? I got a, you guys got to stay right here. I'm going to go there. Like, you know Dude, what I mean? Like, it varies. It could be. Okay. So when I go home, it's typically, I don't want to be home for longer than three, four days max. And then with with certain people, it's just like, um, like so last time my dad came to visit and he and his wife came down, it was he, um, his wife, me, my sister, my granddad, we were all at the house together. And my dad, he has, I think he has more energy than I do. And so he was just his normal stuff. He hasn't seen us a long time, so he's like really happy and 
over the top. And it's just like, after being around everybody, like my granddad's loud too, and he's, he's definitely an extrovert. And everybody's loud and energetic. And it's like, I'll eat. But then after, after a little while, I came and sat in the living room by myself and I was just chilling. <laughs> it's like, they could stay in the kitchen. I don't love them any less. It was just that, it was just too much. I needed to decompress. So it, it varies all, all upon the individuals. Like I have friends who I can hang with every day and I feel fine. I don't feel the need to decompress from them. Or I have friends who I can I can only hang with maybe once once every month or something like that or without getting frustrated with, I guess, us butting heads or just things they do. So, I mean, like, and it has nothing to do with whether I, I care for the person or not. It's just like certain tendencies and they don't always, they don't always work together. Gotcha. What about you, Des? Yeah, what I'm gonna say, I'm gonna I'm challenge Dondre's um, uh, theory on <laughs> the gym not being an area to kind of like relax or lift your spirits. And I'm only challenging it on the premise that routine matters and routine doesn't just apply to life. Routine applies to just, I'm sorry, not, not, uh, not that it doesn't just apply to life because life is everything. It doesn't just apply to like your lifestyle and what you do and wake up, you know, make your bed, brush your teeth, whatever. It applies to like all the intricacies within life as well. And I think routine is really something that uh, you have to take into consideration when it comes to the gym. Now you probably think I say, hey, yeah, you got to go three times a week or four times a week or whatever. And that's your routine. Like I'm actually breaking it down to the perspective of when you walk into the gym, you find your cubby, like you have designated areas. Like there's certain things where, like I walk in and I see that same area that I always put my stuff in and it's available. Whether we realize that or not, like that's a check off my list because I know we could think back to when we were uh, in college and, you know, each time we walk into the classroom, how you get that little hit, like some, you might, I don't know if y'all ever care too much about it, but I would always feel some type of way when I walk into the classroom in college and somebody's sitting in my chair. Like, I know you saw me here last Monday and last Wednesday, and here you are sitting in my chair. So, you know, when I walk into the gym and I have, you know, space that is available, it's very relaxing because one, I'm not putting my belongings in a place that I wouldn't normally do it. And two, when I can actually go into my routine without having to think, it's perfect. So I go into the gym, I put my belongings where I know they'll always be, and then I hop on the treadmill. I'll do five minutes of walking, and when I'm doing that five minutes of walking, it's like meditation. Like I'm only focusing on my breath. Like sometimes I'll look at the TV and see what's on, but I'm really focusing on my breathing. So I do five minutes of that, and then I go up to the second floor, and then I do another 10 to 15 minutes of stretching. And that entire to 10 and 15 minutes, I have Summer Madness by Cool in the Gang playing in my headset. And all, if you if you know a song that is, it's nothing but just high pitch and low pitch horns playing. It's a very, very like soothing song almost to where it just brings you to a like state of, um, it brings you to a real, real state of clarity. And then it also like prepares you for the workout because it's not only, it's just like this really peaceful song, but those high pitch horns that get you ready for the workout. So when I'm going into the workout, I already have a clear mind rather than me going into the gym with a whole bunch of stuff on my mind and I'm thinking about it in between sets or whatever. Like I'm going into the gym, I'm getting myself prepared for the workout and then I actually start the workout. Whereas some people might consider that warm up part of the workout itself. I consider that like my preparedness to get ready for my actual workout itself. And then I'll go, because Brian sees it all the time. Like Brian and Brian could be on the opposite side of the gym and I'll literally just be in my own state of mind 
for, you know, almost in half an hour. And I won't even notice him until I'm shoulder to shoulder with him. Yep. Like we, we can almost be in the same vicinity. Like there's been plenty of times where we've been at one life and we've both been on the second floor in the stretching area and I'll be on one end and he'll be like in the middle. And I do not see him until we're crossing or until he walks up to me and give me a fist bump. So, you know, the gym is definitely something that lifts my spirits. And I think it's something that could lift everybody's spirits if done right. But of course, like you have to break it down. Like you have to look at everything that involves going to the gym and it's not always just weight training. Like, you know, I, I took yoga too. So I, well, I'm not gonna say I took it. I'm not gonna act like I you know, was heavy into it. I went to a few classes and <laughs> I take everything that I learned in it and I try and implement it. Like, even though it's like a beginner uh, level, like I really do focus on a lot of the stretches that made me feel like, you know, when you, when you get that nice little stretch and then you just feel like, I don't know, it's hard to explain the feeling, but it feels like all the weight just drops off your shoulders after you finally hit that one little stretch or maybe your back cracks and it just feels like all the stress just melts off your body. Mm -hmm. Like I focus on those same type of stretches before I go into the workout because the intention of the workout is to not distract your mind or to, you know, remove yourself like it's, it, it is a form of therapy but it's not meant to remove yourself from society it's truly meant to you know better your body and put you in a more healthy frame of mind now i think it's a detriment to yourself if you're going to the gym with that negative state of mind and affecting or i'm sorry, sorry not affecting but expecting a positive outcome and then so i actually created a little list too Number two is music. And I say music because I, their gym and music are interchangeable. I can tell you straight up, like music saved my life numerous times. You know, I always talk about Kid Cudi. I always, um, you know, mention like a lot of older mixtapes that the newer generation might not be familiar with. So I used to, um, when I was in high school, man, I used to stay up to like two, three o'clock in the morning on school nights listening to, you know, Kendrick Lamar's mixtapes, listening to all Kid Cudi stuff before Man of the Moon. I was really big into A Tribe Called Quest, really big into De La Soul, really big into Nas, um, everything before. I, of course, I'm a big fan of everything Nas, but I was really big into everything before um, I Am. And then um, it also, I mean, anything you could think of that's like 90s uh, rap that's like very, very abstract or very um, influential like today, like I used to listen to all that stuff and what I would do is like I'd put on headsets so I'm it's not like I'm just like laying in the bed listening to stuff like I'm putting headsets on and you know this was back then when Beats by Dre was like really big I'm listening to everything I possibly can because I grew up in band so I'm not only just trying to listen to what Nas is saying I'm listening to you know um, listening to everything as far as like what instruments was was chosen what sample does this instrumental pull from like I'm thinking about all that stuff to just put me in a, a flow state of mind to where like whatever I feel is bothering me it doesn't matter like this music is really what I'm like focused on right now and like that was that was really big for me because I would get those dopamine hits to where you know this was a time where Twitter was blowing up and like I could tweet a lyric or whatever I'm listening to at two o'clock in the morning and somebody responds or somebody's asking me, hey, yo, can you update my iPod for me? Like, yo, I really rock with a lot of this stuff you're listening to. Or, you know, if you can burn a CD, believe it or not, I am that old. So we, <laughs> <laughs> we burn CDs. Um, so, yeah, man, I did all of that. But swinging in, like, more present day, I think these three are the more the most that I hang on um, the most. Accountability, reflection, and perspective. I think the last two are very interchangeable. But I always look at if something went wrong, I always try and look at what I did or what role I played in something going a certain way. 
and if there was anything that I could have done to do better or what actions I did cause this outcome. Like I, I look at stuff from that perspective. And I think that oftentimes I'm very quick at finding my answers to where I'm like, okay, I'm feeling this type of way because I haven't been following a routine of any sort. Like I know I need to wash my clothes. I know I need to go to the gym. I've acknowledged that I need to do it, but I'm not doing it. So I, my spirits are low because I'm not doing this. And all it takes is like, okay, well, take one step at a time. Throw, some, throw a load of clothes in the wash. Okay, cool. Go clean off your sink. Organize your stuff. Go to the gym. And then as you do those stuff, like your spirits just, all right, you get that, you get that dopamine hit from actually accomplishing stuff. And then the last part is always, you know, just the perspective. It's like life can beat you down if you do allow it to. And you always have to remember that, you know, you 12 months ago was wishing for where you're currently at right now. And I think that we just do not have, as humans, we're so, I wouldn't say as humans, as a society, we're so fast paced now that it's so hard to continuously look at things from, you know, that outsider's perspective and acknowledge that like everything you are currently receiving in life is what you were once wishing for. And you're in this constant state of wishing and always wondering why you're never truly able to appreciate like what currently is. And I think that's like the biggest thing because as we get older, like for me, I've, I'm not gonna say I've fallen out of love with music, but I don't listen to it as much as I used to. I wouldn't say that I'm, you know, going to the gym as much as I used to because I've been having my son a lot more. So I don't, um, I don't, you know, shoulder that responsibility to anybody else but myself but accountability reflection and perspective you can never go wrong because they're all mental and all it takes is you to just figure out you know your own answers what you said about the perspective about 12 months ago you were wishing for what you're where you're currently at that implies that your situation has improved over well it could be you got what you wanted yeah, but you didn't true, true. it didn't work yeah. out for you but it, it implies that there was some direction that you headed that you had the intent. So, yeah. I mean, I guess for, for a forward driven person, but that could apply, but there are certain circumstances that could be outside of your, your control. So true. true. I yeah, mean, and that's, that's why like, I, I really presented this like in a sense of like from greatest to least. And that's mm -hmm. what kind of why I had like accountability and reflection before perspective, because that perspective aspect is very contingent on your environment mm -hmm. and what has, you know, came to fruition over those 12 months but I definitely all like I definitely you know gym is always going to be number one music is always going to be number two or you can definitely interchange them because I've been using those methods longer than I've been using the accountability reflection and perspective mm -hmm. ARP you know ARP <laughs> I, I do agree with the music that's a large part of the reason I like the music that I listen to is because I can identify with it or music has gotten me through particularly tough times. Like there's certain songs that I've listened to. Like this is one in particular by Kevin Gates called Give It All I Got. And I knew that song from start to end, like two years before he actually released the song because it had got leaked on YouTube. I would just play it on repeat. And then like I had I had to download it. And then one day somebody had, like YouTube had deleted it and I was so pissed. But he actually, he actually uh, released a song earlier this year and like I said it's it's a constant motivation so whatever I'm feeling down and I just have the power through it that's the song I go to sure that's that's uh that's what summer madness is to me right now man like those horns are so like condescending that like you you truly feel every emotion during this so during this song so like if you can get yourself to that state of like awareness and just calmness 
and you hear those horns, like everything just flows the way it's supposed to. Who is that by? Cool in the gang. Gotcha. Uh, for me, I, sometimes it really depends on what's really got me down. But say, for instance, it's like a death or something. Um, usually something that'll help me lift my spirit is like staying busy. You know, just like no matter if it's continuing my editing or just going YouTube, finding the video to watch in some manner, uh, just try to stay busy in, in some form of fashion. Um, or some, sometimes I'd like to go to the gym too, as far as like to lift my spirits as like, if it's like a death, cause sometimes it'll help me get my mind off of it. Um, sort of like how Desmond said, it's kind of the music at the gym, it, it puts you in a certain mood. So, it, and it kind of gets my mind off for it. So that really helps me too. Um, so I guess you can put in music with that um, as far as going to the gym. But if it's like a personal issue, I probably said this before, but I know the podcast has helped me like just coming in here talking to you guys. Um, I know that's helped me like just some personal issue, personal issues, whether it's like relationship or just stuff I'm dealing with uh, mentally or something like that. I know the podcast has really helped in that manner. Or it could be something like I do more now, just like remembering who the fuck I am. Like, like I know, the, like I know who I am. Like I know I shouldn't be like <laughs> this depressed person. You know what I mean? I, I know what I'm capable of. So uh, that's really the biggest thing too. Just remember who I am. Um, but I know personal issues, really the podcast. That's really helped me just coming here, really talking about it, and not not just really the podcast, but really talking about it in general. Like we have a good discussion about it like but i can't usually the discussion i can't really have with most other people you know what i mean because they're just like they're not as inquisitive as you guys so um really definitely the podcast just coming in and talking about it definitely uh something to lift my spirit or just staying busy biggest thing you know like editing and everything so lately i've been spending on youtube just finding like videos and to watch and everything too so yeah what kind of videos uh, lately, I've been watching like Warzone videos, like tips and stuff. <laughs> I've been doing that for a while, actually. But yeah. <laughs> bro, yeah. you have got to watch. Do you watch Nick Merckx? Uh, I don't think I've watched them. I mostly watch Savage, and uh, I watch like Iron. I watch like a, a few people. I don't think I watch him though. So I watch Nick Merckx, and then I uh, if you there's this uh, YouTuber, his name is J God. And he does like a like a full breakdown. Like he he gives you all the classes you need for Warzone too. Like he tells you what the best loadouts are, everything. So I like Nick Merckx because like his play style is what mine used to be when I did play every day. Like very very gung ho, always rushing. I still rush to this day, but like because I don't play it as much, like my senses are not what they used to be. But mm. yeah, Nick Merckx is he's like the one guy that I continuously watch for Warzone okay. content. But yeah, I think I, I think I got it with you. I think you you're the more the aggressive part, but you the thing you're lacking is the uh probably the positioning thing because you like to go with the zone and everything like that. So I, yeah, I think yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, so after like looking at more videos and everything, so yeah. but I check them out though. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's just uh, this is like uh, just finding random videos on YouTube too. Yeah. Finding new channels too. Sure. Yeah, favorite. Uh, not really. Uh, as far as like, oh, like a channel on YouTube. Yeah. Well, the breakdown crew, of course. That's my oh, favorite. Channel. Aside from <laughs> but, us, of course. <laughs> oh, so, I mean, 
Is there any other channel? But, Joshua uh, movies? <laughs> Aside from that too. <laughs> uh, I don't, there's, there's a few channels I like. Uh, I like Cinema uh, Sin, Cinema Wins. I like that. Uh, uh, like I said, I like Savage as far as like Warzone tips and everything, but it really just depends on what it is, you know? But yeah. So one of my favorites is, uh, well, I think my favorite is a Star Wars Theory because I'm a huge, huge, I actually sent Brian uh, one of one of his videos of like a theory and like, man, he just, there's a whole universe of Star Wars that we would never know exists if there wasn't for YouTube because like they find all this stuff and they have like connections to Lucasfilms and which is, you know, part, partially Disney now, but they're like able to get so much insider information from the people who created it themselves and it's just like I, I always talk about like satisfying your inner child is one of those biggest things to lift in your spirits or your energy and like I love Star Wars as a kid so to go in and see this whole different universe of Star Wars that isn't on uh that isn't on film it's like man it it, it satisfies my inquisition and I know anybody that is a big fan of Star Wars like there's a great appreciation for it too. Yeah, I can vouch. Those are some good videos. The one you sent me about Darth Vader. Yeah. They just have like different scenarios, or like they, they introduce you like theories of how certain so characters are. There are. They do have like a theory section of the channel, but a lot of it is like there. Star Wars actually has like a big, big, expansive universe based off of comics and books, and like. There's Star Wars uh, Legends, and then there's, um, what is the other one? It's Legends, and then there's, um, I can't think of the other one, but it's Legends, and then there's another world. So there's two Star Wars worlds, and they're both, I mean, essentially commissioned by, you know, Lucas. Like, people still have to get permission to, you know, author this content. But it, like, goes into, so, you know, Jango Fett, Bubba Fett, all of them have very limited screen time. But there's books and comics that detail their entire life. So it brings into fruition how, you know, maybe um, these, these characters on screen have a bigger role than what the screen may actually show. Like, obviously, we know Jingle Fett was the, you know, the uh, template for, clone, for the clones. But nobody truly knows how he got to that, how he came, became to be that template. But if you go and watch the comics or if you go and watch Star Wars Theory, he breaks it down how he became that template where, you know, when he was a, when he was with the Mandalorian army, he killed a certain number of Jedis with his bare hands, which is unheard of. So Count Dooku sent him on this Renaissance mission. And then when he survived the mission, Count Dooku was there and was like, you passed the test. Essentially, we want to pay you this amount of money to use your DNA as a template. Like there's this entire world that that exists, kind of like Warzone, bro. Like there's so much stuff on on you know, um, not necessarily Nick Merckx, but like there's so many content creators for Warzone that shows you areas of the map you probably would never visit, glitches within the map that you would never know existed, or if it's not glitches, it's areas of the map that are like very very um, like areas of i don't know where you could where you can land safely and get a lot of money per se like there's so much stuff that they put on youtube now that like satisfies anybody that is truly wanting to gain knowledge and it doesn't have to be you know philosophical it doesn't have to be 
you know, if we're talking about this, it doesn't have to be movie related or anything like that. Like, there's a lot of stuff you can find on you on YouTube. Like, even if you want to do beauty stuff or if you want to do fitness, like I told you guys plenty of times, like Jeff Cavalier was my biggest, like my most watched YouTube channel at one point when I was truly getting into fitness. Like, I don't watch it. I don't watch them that much, but there was a starting point, and that inquisition branched off into you know multiple things. Now that to this day can you know perfectly tie into what keep my my spirit high when I'm down. When he when he isn't telling you that every exercise is bad for you, <laughs> for sure. Josh, so there's there's been numerous studies, and it's a well accepted fact that having a pet can improve your mental health. Have you noticed any significant change within yourself after becoming a, a dog owner? What's your dog's name, by the way? I forgot. Name. Yes. Simba. Even though he looks like Scar. <laughs> he definitely looks more like Simba. <laughs> is this your dog not black and brown and like has that little gray? He, he's more brownish. He's more Simba color than Scar color, though. That's uh, that's really where I went by the color. I think I think like I always look at great things like as like that darker color. Like, yeah, they're brown, but they're like that darker brown. And then Simba's pretty much like blonde with the red hair. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, as far as my mental health, uh, I wouldn't say I've seen a significant difference, to be honest with you. Um, I did, my dad's dog did recently die in the uh, uh, beginning of March. So that took a little, that took a big toll on me. Um, but other than that, I wouldn't say having a uh, pet has increased my mental health. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing that I can see, you know what I mean? Nothing that I can notice. Like I wasn't depressed and august and then when i got him in october i was like oh shit this is this is a different thing for me you know you know so yeah what was the catalyst behind you getting a dog uh just want a companion that's primarily the beneficial part i feel like you said that's primarily the beneficial part i feel like that is the beneficial part yeah because having yeah. that companionship because like like you said you you pride yourself as being more so introverted than i am and so with you you also, well, I guess you live with your family too, so it's a little bit different. So you, it's easier for you to get um, exhausted because you do have the the option for the social interaction, even if you don't want it. <laughs> but with the, with have, you having Simba as a companion is someone who you can, well, not someone, but fuck it, someone. It's someone <laughs> that you can interact right. with <laughs> on on a different basis. And they kind of like, like, for example, there's one thing that I've noticed about animals. I've never seen somebody come home from work and their dog be in a bad mood about them and just start yelling or anything like that. Like people will do that, but Simba's probably always happy to see you, right? Yeah. So even, even when you're feeling bad, it's hard to be in a bad mood when you're around him because he boosts your mood in that, yeah. to that, to that regard. Yeah. You don't have to worry about him talking all the time either. Like yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's probably a thing. Like you can't, you can't talk like 24 seven with me. You got to shut up sometimes. <laughs> I can't be conversing with you. Like, come on now. Yeah. But, uh, that's the other thing yeah they don't, they don't say anything other than bark you know whine if they go to have to go to the bathroom but yeah <laughs> Des, had you ever experienced that I, I don't think you have a dog currently aside from your mom's one that comes around every now and then but it's nah, like a pet owner have you seen any of those effects i haven't because i haven't owned a dog in a really long time like we had a of course the family dog up until like 
I was maybe in like third to fourth grade. And then the next experience I had with a dog was when um, the, the uh, tsunami hit in Japan and my sister sent her two dogs up to live with us for a little bit of time. And like, I, I enjoyed them. Like they, they have their own personality, especially if you have multiple, it's fun differentiating between the two, like in the sense of what strengths one has versus the other. Like when we had our two dogs, there was the biggest one for whatever reason is always the most timid. And then the little one is always the most aggressive and always wants to try and eat the bigger, the bigger dog's food. And it's like funny seeing him older now because uh, Sydney's mom actually has him. And it's like, he's partnered up with this great Dane and they get along so well aside when, you know, they get each other's face. Like he's, a, he's older now. He's probably like 10 or 11. So he, he has that, that old man syndrome, but it's just funny seeing like their personality shift well, first, their person, like seeing their personalities and then seeing their personality shift, you know, as they get around different dogs or different people or whatever. So yeah. I, I, I just me like being someone that likes observing people and getting a kick out of that. Like I, I can see how it, you know, it has that effect on me. Like I enjoy my mom's dog when she comes around. I like she's at that point to where she doesn't piss and poop everywhere, but. You know, because she's still a puppy, right? She turns. Yeah, we'll just say she's still a puppy. I don't know when she turns one. I know what you mean because uh, Simba actually does some of the stuff that my dad's dog would do, like stay in the yard and wait for him to come back when he's uh, when he goes somewhere, or like sit there and just wait for him to come back and bark at everybody that uh, walk past. So just certain things like going to the bathroom and sleep in the bathroom because the floor is colder, you know. So yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean as far as like adopting certain behaviors. And it was like some stuff. I'm like, oh my god, of course you got that from Bear. I'm like, damn. <laughs> so, yeah. Cause my dad's dog is like the laziest dog. He just like so, I, cause I want somebody to be more active. That's why I told him to fetch and everything. So, but yeah. <laughs> See, I actually I haven't had a dog to live with me since. Like, I had dogs back home, and they stayed at my grandfather's house because he had a a huge enclosure for them, and that's what they just lived there. But in, in terms of having one live with me, I haven't had that because as I got older and I would visit Duncan before she died, she she definitely did we both had, I guess, got therapeutic benefits from going on walks together. Because for me, it was, it was not only was I away from Norfolk, I was back in the, the country, which I can, I can tolerate that for a few days. It's, it's a good way to decompress. <laughs> so <laughs> her and I would just walk and I could tell that she enjoyed it because with my granddad, when he had her out, they would walk around the yard and stuff like that, but he wasn't taking her around the neighborhood and up and down the streets and stuff like that. So it was something that we both, I would like to think she looked forward to. And I really enjoyed the companionship and it was it was something to where, like I said, they were, she was always happy to see me regardless of whether uh, it was a rainy day, a sunny day or anything. She was always happy. And I feel like that's another reason that I wanted to have that, get a dog, it was the companionship. And it forces me to have, I, I consider myself a responsible individual, but it forces you to, to really hone that responsibility and get into a, a stricter routine because you do have someone, well, yeah, someone dependent on you. And regardless of whether or not it's, you feel like going outside that day, you have to go outside to take them out. So sometimes it's easy to, when you're, when you're feeling down to stay inside and, and not want to go interact and do things. But when you have a dog that depends on you, you kind of have to do those things. And so it helps break the cycle. It's like they always say energy is, or excuse me, emotion is energy and motion. So it's like 
I've I've been able to recognize that in myself as well. It's like if I'm feeling down and I find myself like I could just tell like I'm not active. I'm st I start to retract and start to be more withdrawn. So just by doing something small, like Desmond was saying, like you start to clean things and you start to move and organize things and you just go start to run errands and take care of stuff. It's like you start to build momentum. And so by doing one small thing, it could just be something like, okay, I'm gonna clear off my, my desk. And then it's like, after I finish the desk, I wanna say, okay, well, I'm gonna go clean up in the kitchen and, and straighten up some stuff with this bin and disarray. And then it's just like, from that, the momentum builds and you continue to, to make progress and then ultimately you, I do see an effect a positive effect in my my mental state so like I said that's that's part of the reason why I do think that I would want to get a dog sometime soon I don't know about right now in particular just because like the apartment I want to have like a like a fenced in yard just for the dog so that's still something I'm in uh I have in, in my mind as I'm looking for houses now gotcha yeah, it's, it's a it's a bitch when you about to go to sleep and you took him outside 30 minutes ago he didn't go to the bathroom but now he's trying to whine because when you right when you about to go to sleep but uh yeah it's it definitely definitely gives you a routine though so it's definitely a good thing i mean it's like, i guess you could say it's like a kind of like a prerequisite to having a kid take get a dog first and then see if you can't take care of the dog you definitely can't take care of the kid so it's <laughs> kind of how i look at it but yeah I mean, it's the same level of well, it's it's the same in in practice. Of course, it's different levels of severity because, like for example, with no diapers. Guess, what? Yeah, the stakes are higher with a child. It's like okay, you if you have a dog that you don't train properly, you may just have somebody on. You may have an unruly animal that you have to keep your eye on, and they might, I don't know, nip at people or something like that. But if you do the same thing with a child and you don't properly raise them you have a badass child that becomes a, a dysfunctional adult and it's wrecking havoc on society <laughs> so havoc on society. i'm serious like the potential to, to inflict Godzilla harm <laughs> yeah <laughs> the potential to inflict harm is much more severe for a human than it is for a dog and that's just a fact of things but i guess off <laughs> off of the dog subject i did have a question for you guys each of you and I don't have any particular person that I'm posing it to, so feel free to take it. So how do you know when your mental health is beginning to atrophy or is in decline? You can go, Des. Uh, I think the most obvious is, um, like for me, sometimes I, I'm not going to lie. There's days where I will be so fatigued where I'll go a day without showering. And I'm like, I don't shower and then on top of that I don't clean up and it's like I'm just in a real big disarray of dysfunction so it's typically about, all it takes is about a day for me like I won't it's not like okay 24 hours like you go going 24 hours like this like a day could be to where like I took a shower in the morning and I don't take a shower until the next night something like that like it'd be something quick like that like I've, I've gotten really good at um you know stemming everything in the in the beginning because i mean cleanliness is really a really big uh you know first sign of your mental health starting to you know like you said atrophy atrophy yeah yeah atrophy and then um the second would be uh making excuses like 
Nah, I don't. I don't want to go to the gym today. I'll, I'll go to the gym tomorrow, and then tomorrow turns into the next day, into the next day, and then you're finally dealing with that snowball or that mound of next days because you didn't go when you first should have went. Mm-hmm. And you know, you try and you try and substitute it with you know, like I'll substitute it with Warzone or I'll substitute it with Blacklist, but like there's no accomplishment. Like there's times to where you should be relaxing. But when you are in a state to where you're starting to fatigue mentally, like that's not the time to relax. Like that's the time to become a little bit active and proactive in the same sense. And then when you like truly when when you're relaxing, it should be because, all right, I've had a long day and it's time to relax. Like I've I've had 100 percent in the tank. I'm now down to 15. I need to recharge my batteries for tomorrow. Like from that perspective, not, you know. Yeah, I don't feel like doing anything. I'm just going to binge watch, you know, Netflix for eight hours. Or, you know, I don't feel like getting in the shower right now. I'll, I'll get in the shower later. Like, it's things like that. Des, I'm going to give you a second shout out for this episode. So a few weeks ago, I forget which episode it was, but you had mentioned, or maybe it wasn't even a recorded conversation, but you had mentioned about prioritizing your mental health with regard to, like, your routine and things like that. Like, sometimes you said you had only went to the gym maybe three times that week or two times for the past few weeks because you have been using that time to play Warzone or whatever game it was in order to decompress. And I used to be really hard on myself for like, like I had to go to the gym. Like every, I had to do five days a week. And if I missed a day, then it was like, all right, I have to go to make up a day or something like that. And I understand that, of course, I have goals and I can still work towards those. But like what you said, it's something that I knew but it was just good hearing it from you as well. It's like, it's no good to have the body you want and to look the way you do or look the way you want to if your your mind doesn't match it. And so if you're, if you're doing it, it's like, at what cost? So now if I do happen to like be in a, a really bad state and I do happen to miss, I can still, like you said, decompress and not feel guilty about it. I think that's a real thing with highly ambitious people. It's like, we, we tend to, to want to beat ourselves up for when we fall short of our goals or slack off on the routine. Like it really takes a toll on you. Sure. Sure. And then your body started to break down and then eventually your mind, your mind goes with it. Cause you know, you got pinched nerves or, you know, your, your joints aren't in alignment or things like that. Or you starting to get arthritis cause of, you know, you're doing all this work, but you're not doing the proper stretching. Like you gotta, you gotta start thinking like, man, it's a fitness isn't just going in and looking good and, you know, doing everything that Instagram or YouTube says, like it's a, it's a mindset at the end of the day. It's a lifestyle. Mindset, lifestyle, all of that. Like it's, it's a big, it's a big fish. Uh, Josh, for me, what's your take? For me, I'll probably say it's when I start skipping like uh, work appointments with no substitute for why I'm skipping. Cause sometimes I actually would uh, reschedule like appointments to like do some more editing or to like to finish some editing for maybe this video was releasing that day. So like to finish some copyright issues or something like that. Um, but sometimes I would like skip and uh, create an excuse for why I shouldn't be going or like just reschedule for no apparent reason and like put my put myself in a um, more difficult position in, uh, later on in the week. Uh, so I would say that's, really when um and the really the excuse goes into more like kind of what desmond said too as far as like the gym too like i'll create excuses for like not wanting to go to the gym kind of the same way he talked about like oh, I, I can go tomorrow i mean i have to do this you know what i mean but and like substitute it with something else when i shouldn't be so uh that's really when i would say like 
I just start making excuses for like why I shouldn't be doing this or doing what I'm doing, like going through my routine basically. Why I shouldn't be going through my routine. Make excuses. How do you get yourself out of that rut to stop making the excuses? Uh just do it. <laughs> like one of the things like I try to to work through. I, I pretty much just say to myself, just do it. Like, like Nike slogan type shit. Like, just do it. Like, <laughs> I know I don't want to go to work today, but just do it. You know what I mean? How long does it take you though? Uh, usually it'll take about a good, after like, after I make the excuse in my head, like, oh, okay, I don't want to go work like this. I'm like, and then I start thinking about it. Like the rep the repercussions of what happens when I actually do like skip or like, like I'm gonna lose this hour. Like I'm not, my paycheck is, is going to be what I want it to be. You know what I mean? So, and then I'm like, you know what, just do it and just go. And usually and like, I want to say probably at least 80% of the time when I actually approach like, okay, just do it and actually go to work or something like that is it turns out to be like in a, like a really good day. Like I actually had fun, fun that day. Not that I don't have fun at all. You know what I mean? But I just like really had that, like, it was like, I made a good decision to go to work. Cause if I don't go to work, I'm at home, what doing what, like just being lazy. <laughs> it's not like I'm a substitute work to go to the gym. You know what I mean? I'm just, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really, it's just making excuses. That's how I know. So it's, it's relatively close to the time where the excuse comes. So I mean, but I would think that you would fall prey to that sometimes, like the excuse would actually be successful. Like you would think, okay, I'm not going to do this. And then you do that. So I was saying in instances where that is successful, where you do miss the routine, how long does it take you to recover? Well, I'm sorry, say that one more time. Like, like when, I... when you fall in a rut, like how long does it take you to get out of it? Like when you actually are missing your routine. Oh, like when the safe instances are like, I didn't go. Okay. Uh... Yes. Yes. usually like it like I know like usually in my back of my mind like I know I'm like skipping out on this like I'm in this rut and I need to get out it's just about I don't like it's just about like what like I said like just do it I just like change it's like kind of like a flip of the flip of the switch type of thing you know what I mean I can't really explain to you like how I how I think about it when I do it but yeah it's like kind of like a flip of the switch type of thing like okay I need to do this like because I always usually I have the answer in the back of my head like oh, I'm doing this wrong, you know what I mean? So I need to fix this, but usually I don't do it because I'm being lazy or I'm making excuses for it. So, but yeah, that's why. <laughs> I would definitely agree more with the first point that Desmond made, aside from like the shower thing, but, but <laughs> it's, it's the, you, I can start to notice the disarray in my apartment. It's just like, I may have did the laundry, but it's in a heap beside my bed. Or I may notice just other things like my desk will become cluttered or just my space seems to be directly reflective with my mental space as well. And like, that's, that's part of the reason why I think having like a cleaning routine is so beneficial. And it's, it, it's almost without fail. When I notice that I'm in a shitty mood or if I haven't met, or I guess to, to be more PC, Josh, when I'm feeling down, I notice that my space directly reflects that. And it's, I don't know whether it's a, a one is more like the chicken or the egg, like where I'm feeling down. So as a, as a consequence, I don't upkeep my space as much as I should, or is it because I'm not keeping the space that is some kind of ha having some kind of subconscious effect on me. So I do think that regardless of one causing the other, I don't think they certainly help each other. Well, I know for a fact, having the dirty space doesn't help the mental health but I don't know if it can if it directly causes it but you can undo those just by taking the simple measures to straighten up 
And then like with you taking some kind of action, like I was saying earlier, that breaks the cycle of not moving and doing things. So that's how I typically notice that my, that my mental health is in decline and needs some kind of repair or I need to have some self-care. And then also I noticed that when I stopped enjoying things that I normally do, they feel like a burden. Like I really like going to the gym, but if it feels like I don't want to go for a particular day, there's a reason it has to be because otherwise I, I would have no qualms about doing it. And it's just like, once I notice that's going on as well and things that I have like regiment into a routine, then that's when I know it's really serious and I really need to, to double down and kind of address those things. And I think what you were saying about that Desmond earlier, you were saying that that's when it's more important. And like, even if it's just something with a viable substitute, so it might, I might not go to the gym, for example, but to have something else that I'm, that I'm still getting up and moving and doing something that's going to benefit me in the long run. So it's, it's always, it's always a mixture of those two things when I can tell that I need to up the self-care and, and address those kind of concerns. Facts, because sometimes it's not even just going to the gym. Sometimes like you going to the gym was the step one and then you getting the groceries was the step to follow that. And because you didn't go to the gym, now you're not doing either one. Yep. Like I'm still on my end, like learning, like, okay, if I don't feel like going to the gym, still got to do something like go get groceries. And I, I do that more now, like, I've had Lucas a lot more recently, so I haven't been able to go to the gym, but like, I'm like, all right, I know we haven't been going out as much because of COVID and whatnot, you know, just, you know, taking precautionary me uh, measures. But I was like, bro, we're going to, we're going we're gonna to throw these damn masks on and we're going to go up to Bed Bath & Beyond and we're going to get a new comforter and we're going to get a new shower curtain. We're going to go up into Target. If you want to, you know, a new, new car set, we'll get a car set and then we'll get, you know, all the, all the, uh, all the food that we need to get. Like, it's just making stuff shake, like, just because some, you're not, you don't have the accessibility or the means to do things that normally make you feel like you. Like, I think you're robbing yourself of the reality that you is forever changing and that you got to kind of got to, you know, take what hand you're dealt at that given time. Like, you're not always going to be the dealer yeah. or you may never actually be the dealer or you may never get that favorable hand. You know, you might not always have your two aces, but sometimes you can make that seven and that six become a, you know, full house with no issue. And life still continues. Like you don't have a choice. So it's either you you stagnate or you you make like you said make some shake. And while you were talking about that, I actually thought about one more thing that I could that I can kind of notice that is a, a signal of the atrophy, and that would be like talking to people less. Like already, I, I'm fine with going a few days without talking to anybody. Like that's that's nothing. But if I notice that that's that's not by design, like I really I'm almost kind of like hoping that I don't hear from anybody that day for too long and I don't want to talk to people that I that I normally do enjoy talking to. I noticed that that's a, a pretty in, pretty significant indicator that something's off and I need to attend to myself more closely. Gotcha. Anything else you guys want to add? Nah, bro, I think we uh you know, we hit this one out the park. I know we probably weren't expecting it to be this, uh, you know, gritty, but we definitely, I think we touched on a lot of things that people can take and, you know, apply immediately because, you know, I do all, I remember when I, um, when we had that podcast a long time ago, the episode where I'd mentioned like, you know, 23 for whatever reason is the year a lot of people go through stuff. 
I remember just randomly going back and checking like a post when we were talking and, uh, you know, you guys did a little recap and like there's people that resonated with that. So, you know, I think, you know, people that do choose to listen actively and, you know, formulate, you know, decisions later, like I think they can take everything we, you know, stated and, you know, kind of reflect on, you know, where they might be deficient or what they can do to tweak, you know, their perspective of, you know, what they feel is a bad situation because it's always good in every, in every bad, like, there's always bad and every good. You kind of got to just, like I said, make that seven to six work or, you know, make a shape. Really no other opportunity, man. I ain't going to tell you, you, you might as well fold because, you know, once you fold, you get into the habit of folding, man. Not to say that, you know, folding is always a bad thing because, you know, sometimes it can't save you, but, you know, it's a bad habit at the end of the day. Gotcha. All right. You don't have anything, right, Brian? Okay. Uh, you have a something of the week? Yo, Seaspiracy on Netflix. I'm already one for one with Blacklist. Watch Seaspiracy, man, because it, it you you'll probably read it and you'll think you know um, we're talking about how and and in part it is correct. Like we are talking about like how um. You know what? I ain't even gonna tell you. Just watch it. It's one of those things to where when you watch it, whoever told you to watch it, which I am expecting, like when I do get my phone fixed in the next couple of days, I am expecting texts about this documentary because it is that damn good and it is that damn impactful. And it provides a lot of light on this whole climate change and, you know, everything that's going on. And oftentimes, like, we think it's one thing, like we think about plastic and all that stuff, but there's like a whole bigger fish to fry, no pun intended, when it comes to climate change. And I think Seaspiracy opens up a lot of what we need to be more um, vocal about. What I think activists who are vegetarian, vegan, or very, very pro, um, you know, earth, like I think this needs to be like a directional shift, man, because the stuff that you're going to see, like, he doesn't hold anything back. Like, a lot of the uh, scenes that he get are got, you know, illegally in some of the countries that he recorded them in because they try and, uh, or they have strict laws on recording, you know, certain things of this nature in, you know, their respective country. So I will say, like, when you watch it, like, understanding that the amount of risk he went through to get the film and then how perfectly put together it is, like, you're truly going to enjoy it. I think it's a... It's one of the best documentaries I've watched. I think it's like the the second most impactful after minimalism or minimalist, whatever whatever that documentary was. Because I remember watching that like 2016 when I was like, man, I got these Jordans. I got, you know, this gold chain. I got, you know, BMW. I got all this stuff. I'm like, but what, what, what does this stuff mean to me at the end of the day? So it was impactful in that sense of where like it drives your uh, your focus in regards to, the bigger issue when it comes to planet earth and you know i, I know y'all will enjoy it i know those who are animal lovers you guys will have to have a box of tissues by when you do watch it because it is very graphic but it is like if i can say this is the end all be all for recommendations this is better than anything that the previous 98 have um put on your plate it's better than any of the album of the weeks or the books of the weeks okay. Interesting. All right. 
Be sure to check it out. We got we're gonna see you guys next week. Peace.